When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. You ready to do some mailbag? Sure. All right, let's do some mailbag questions. Houmailbag at gmail.com. Houmailbag at gmail.com is how you get in touch with us. we got a few good questions here. we got one right off the top. Christopher's a listener in New Jersey. He says, love the podcast, guys. Love listening up here in New Jersey. Christopher, thank you for listening. Um, And Christopher's just looking for, okay, can someone just net out the playoff scenario for us with three games to go for the Texans? If they win out, are they in? What are the chances of the division? John, I thought you laid the division out pretty well. They're right in the thick of it for the division, but they need the Jags to lose at least another game. I think the thing you need to know about the playoffs for the Texans, let's just talk playoffs is that I think two things. One, one is in, just in general. The other is about the game this weekend. If they win their last three games, they're in the playoffs, period. They, because one of those games is against Indianapolis. And by definition, if you win, if you go 3-0 and down the stretch, one of those wins is going to knock Indianapolis down to 10-7. and You're going to be 11-6. and They've got the tiebreaker right now over Buffalo, who's an 8-6 and team. Um, the tiebreaker, they got the better conference record. If they win out, they're going to have, you know, their their conference record is only going to improve if they win the rest of their games. So I think that's the big thing that with three weeks left in the season, the Texans and put the Texans have put themselves in a position where if they, if they win each of these games, they're going to be in the postseason. That's number one. Number two, as far as this game goes this weekend, John, obviously if they win, it's big, you know, you're, you're now tied with Cleveland at nine and six and you have the head to head tiebreaker over them. But If the Texans lose this game, Cleveland will be a team that they can't catch. You know, if they lose this game this weekend, they'll be eight and seven. Cleveland will be 10 and five. There's two games left in the season. But even if they both finish 10 and seven, Cleveland's going to have the tiebreaker over them by virtue of beating them at NRG Stadium. So for the Texans, there's really four pathways into the playoffs winning the division or any of the three wildcard spots. If you lose to Cleveland this weekend, then essentially, let's pretend these are the three wildcard spots. Essentially, you're taking this wild card spot and it goes, it's frozen. You can't get it because you can't catch Cleveland. So that's, and who knows if you lose this game to Cleveland, you know, if the Jags win and the Colts win, then all of a sudden the division becomes a really, really uphill climb as well. So this is a massive, massive Christmas Eve game on Sunday. It's huge. I can't see Indianapolis at five and one in the last six with a good running game at Gardner Minshew playing very well. If Anthony Richardson had been their quarterback all year, they wouldn't be in this situation. Yep. He was too up and down, had too much to learn after only 13 starts at Florida. But they play at Atlanta, then they host Las Vegas. So, really, they should be 10-6 and six going into that last game against the Texans, and they get to play it at home. But they do have a losing record at home, and the Texans have won there before. It's just amazing, Sean, the way this is all playing out. And who would have thunk? Certainly not us. I've had people tell me, oh, I predicted before the season they were going to be in a playoff contention. I said, yeah, show me where you predicted it. 
because I don't know anybody that did. I did a thing with the Boy Scouts of America, an annual breakfast fundraiser in which I interviewed Cal and Hannah McNair. And a guy came up to me beforehand. He asked me how many wins I thought the Texans would get. And I said, oh, I think they're going to go 6-11. and He said, I think they can win 9 or 10 games. He said, I think they got a chance to make the playoffs. And I said, well, I said, with all due respect, I disagree with you. But if you're right, find a way to get back in touch with me. Mm-hmm. And I'll go on my show and my podcast and tweet, you are a genius who predicted it before the season. Mm-hmm. And has he come back to you yet, John, or is he waiting well, to kind of no, see? No, you better wait because there's, you know, he's got to have nine or ten. Okay, I think he's yeah, looking for nine. I was wondering if he's just kind of setting things up and making sure, like, hey, I know I haven't, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but just in case, here I am. Here's my name. The only and, way uh, he's going to be able to get in touch with me because I don't put my email out there on my columns like I did with the Chronicle. Oh, gotcha. Is uh, he'd have to send me a DM. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> And he's going to have to, it's going to get mixed in with all those lovely ladies who are DMing you all the time on social media. <laughs> it's going to get, it's going to get mixed in. Um, so yeah. So I guess in response to Christopher, yeah. Like they win, they win their last three games. They're in the postseason. Just they still win, have, baby. Just win, baby. Yeah. Still have a decent shot at the division. This Cleveland game is massive. The Indy game is massive in week 18. That's what you need to know. And the Kadarius Tony offside is we all laugh at Patrick Mahomes and him complaining about the call and everything that that call screwed a lot of teams in the AFC by allowing the Buffalo Bills to keep hanging around this playoff race. Cause I'll be honest, they're the best of all these. I'll include Cleveland in here of all the wild card and teams and wild card contenders right now. Um, the bills are the best of all those teams. There's a team nobody wants to play. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's keep it moving with the mailbag here. Um, JR and Spicewood, who has become a frequent emailer to the uh, to the Utopia podcast. Love the show. I'm so glad D'Amico listened to the Utopia podcast mailbag last week when I said he should play Case over Mills. We did get some people emailing about that. It's funny. Um, I think if CJ doesn't clear protocol early this week, he should play Case against the Browns. couple of questions. Does, Case, does playing Case this week mean we have seen the last of Davis Mills? Do you think he'll be traded? or released in the offseason. John, what do you think? What say you about the future of Davis Mills? No way he's going to be released. And I don't see them trading him because what could they get? Their quarterback situation is better than almost every team in the league. They got three guys who started multiple – two backups who started multiple seasons and have won games. Mm -hmm. I was stunned they started case over Mills. Mills won in Nashville last year. He threw for 301 yards, three touchdowns, with a 128 rating against – the Titans his rookie year. So I was stunned when they did it. D'Amico didn't go into any detail, just said we thought it gave us the best chance to win. But from what I understand, Casey looked really good in practice. Plus the fact he played in big games and authored the Minnesota Miracle and uh, and some other comebacks. And even though he hadn't played, started two games the previous four years, they were confident in him. And it turned out, like most D'Amico decisions, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. And I too think that if if Davis had a devastating mistake early in a game, early in the game like Case did with that pick six, I don't know that he bounces back the same way Case did in that game. You know, like I I don't know. It, maybe it's their demeanor. Maybe it's because Davis is so bland. Um, but for whatever reason, like I just look at their personalities and it feels like Case's Case seems to be a little less deer in the headlights than Davis Mills, like his ability to bounce back 
after making a big mistake. And maybe Davis doesn't even make that mistake in the first place. You know, kind of lauding Case while talking about how he made an error that almost cost him the game. And he may um, not have made that. He just took the blame for it. Wouldn't surprise he, me if it wasn't a Goomba Wally. Yeah, yeah. He done, He did take the blame for it he multiple did. That's times. That's what good quarterbacks yeah. do. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, JR's other question is um, <laughs> least likely to happen again. Texans wearing Letterman jackets to an away game or Titans wearing Oiler throwbacks against the Houston Texans? Well, they'll wear them again next year, and I think we'll never see those leather jackets anytime or any place. That should be a collector's item. Uh, yeah, John, if they won that game wearing those Letterman jackets, it would have been the most popular item in the team store. Yeah, they um, got their ass whooped. They did, and so now they're poison. Now they're just a laughing stock. Now they're used for uh, to line bird cages and things like that. Um, so, so you think the Titans? I they're gonna obviously they're gonna wear the Oiler uniforms again. You think they'll do it against the Texans again next year? No, I don't have any idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, Otis, my man. Otis says, "What the hell's going on with Damian Pierce? Four snaps? That's the whole email. <laughs> what is going on with Damian Pierce? David Singletary has stepped up and taken." Put a stranglehold on that starting job. He's adjusted to the system better. Uh, he seems to read the line better. And the blind did a better job. I thought Charlie Heck, when I watched it, Charlie made a bunch of really good blocks. Now, he made some mistakes. He hadn't played since last year. Yeah. And I'm guessing fans healthy. They're going back to Fant. But Charlie Heck acquitted himself very well. But Singletary just fits in this system so much better. Yeah. I had a moment last night, John, where I felt really old. As you know, Charlie Heck lives in the, the floor below me in my building. And I was with my son, Sammy. Amy and I took Sammy out to dinner for Christmas last night because he's heading up to Chicago to see his mom. And we took him out to dinner and we got back to our building and we were in the lobby walking in. And Charlie was there with his wife walking in with their dogs. And I stopped and I introduced Sammy to Charlie. And I said, this is my son, Sammy, Charlie. And I looked at Charlie and I said, Sammy, I went to school with Charlie's with Charlie's dad. I'm like, man, I feel super old right now. <laughs> that really hammered home to me. Like, here's my son and here's Charlie. And oh yeah, that's right. I went to school with Charlie's dad. Yeah. It was, it was uh, Chief's Andy offensive had, line coach. He and a hell of an offensive lineman back in the yes, day. Yes, he was. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh Chris is in the ATL. And Chris, Chris asked, is Mills a Texan next season? I think we kind of touched on that earlier, John. Like, I obviously, they're not going to release him, and who knows what he could get in a trade. There's zero reason to move. Like, there's why would you move? As you just said, John, they've got the deepest quarterback room in the NFL. Why would you move off of that if it's still, A, cheap, and, B, you got three guys that aren't making a squawk about anything playing time-wise? And they don't make much money, and yeah. so – I think it's a good situation because in this day and age, you better if you got to have a second one, and if you got a third one, in case you have to go to them, like 49ers got caught last year, like that, not not doing it again this year. You got to be prepared next year. Let's be honest: the Texans going to be competing for the division. Who knows? Maybe even yeah. the Super Bowl. Yep, you never know. Uh, Chris also asked, what is the – I like this question because usually people are like, what's your favorite Christmas song? Chris says, what's the Christmas song that you change when it comes on because you can't stand it? Do you have a least favorite Christmas song, John? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, let me think a minute because uh, I love Christmas. I love Christmas yeah. songs. Carol keeps them on in the house. Um a least favorite Christmas song that causes me to change 
the channel. I can't think of one. I can't I, think of one that I really dislike. I don't I don't have one that I super dislike that I can think of off the top of my head. I'll tell you one that I think is very overrated. Santa Claus is coming to town, Bruce Springsteen version that gets played a ton. I think it's very overrated. Santa Claus is coming, coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Clarence is playing that sax. Yeah, Clarence Clemens I can deal with. Clarence Cle- and Little Steven, otherwise known as Silvio Dante from The you Sopranos. You know, it's terrible to say this because of what it was for. Yeah. And I liked it the first thousand times I heard it. But do, yeah. do they know it's Christmas? Oh, that was uh, Band-Aid, right? Yeah, I don't sing that anymore like I did for 20 years. Yeah. So tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. I wonder how Lou Holtz would sing one of those songs. So tonight, thank God it's them instead of the lady on the dome who's about to love, a trust, a commitment, a belief in one another. 80% of the people don't care about your problems. The other 20% are glad you have them. (laughs) All right. Let's keep the mailbag moving. That was for you, John. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Uh, um, Thank you, Lou. That's, <laughs> it's no problem, John. You're a Hall of Famer and a great individual. <laughs> All right. Joe Q says, Texans, Dolphins, Jets, Titans have done a bit of a World Cup-style group play last the last two weeks. Based on the outcomes of the four games, each team one and one, how would you handicap possible Texans at Dolphins playoff match, assuming that CJ, Nico, Jimmy Ward, basically assuming that the the, the – the people that could be healthy are healthy. What would you say, John, if the Texans had to travel to Miami to face the Dolphins in the wild card round? Well, of course, Miami would be heavily favored. Uh, they got a good look at each other during the joint practices and oh, preseason. Yeah. I'd love to see Derek Stingley Jr. trying to keep up with Tyreek Hill and uh, Steven Nelson and Jalen Waddle. They've got who who used to be. Devin A. Chain, now is Devon A. Chan. Yeah. A rookie who's had a lot of injuries, but man, he's so good. He monstered as 19 or 20 touchdowns. It would be offense versus offense. And and uh Texans, boy, they they had trouble covering deep, that's for sure. But yeah. I think it'd be an offensive oriented game, very exciting. Take the over. Yeah, I think take the over as well. Along those lines, Joe Q has a trivia question related. Which are the only two AFC teams to not reach the AFC title game since the Texans entered the NFL in 2002? Well, let's see. 2002, I'm saying the uh, Texans, I know, are one of them. Yeah. And the Browns? Uh, No. Yeah, the Browns. Okay, which are the only two AFC teams not to reach the championship game? They did under – uh, in the since the Texans came in business. Yeah, no, yeah, okay, Joe Q, you you got to do better on your trivia. The Browns have not made the AFC title game since the Texans. He says the answer is the Texans and the Dolphins, and the Dolphins have not made the AFC title game. But yeah, neither of the Brown. I know he's listening right now. Joe Q, be better. The Browns have not made the AFC title game since the Texans. Now I can't trust any of your trivia questions, Joe Q. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah, Browns the Dolphins made it under Bernie Kosar, but they didn't make it uh, since they came back. Right, they won. They won a playoff game one with Belichick in Cleveland, and then they won one with Stefanski in 2020, yep. and then they lost the next round. Beat the right, right. So last really, time. Yeah, 
I now that, but I, and as I'm going through the teams in my head, like I think I do think every other team aside from Cleveland, the Texans, and the uh, and the Dolphins have made an AFC title game in that time frame. Uh, as I'm going through, kind of, I'm just I go through the divisions in my in my head here. Um, I think everybody else has made at least one. Uh, all right, let's get a couple more of these in, John. This is just more of a commentary than it is a question in the email. Our friend Dave in Round Rock says, here's the updated AFC South standings. Jacksonville, 8-6. and six, Indianapolis, 8-6. and six, Texans, 8-6. and six, Tennessee Titans, 4-8. and eight, Houston Oilers, 1-1. One and one. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Uh, speaking of which, Marcus says, is it safe to say we never have to worry about Derrick Henry ever, ever again? I don't think it's safe to say because, you know, when he comes here in two weeks, he's going to want to come back with a vengeance. But they're, they are so bad up front. Like Sean mentioned earlier, he's been hitting the backfield on 50% of his carries. And I'm sure almost everyone of them was in the backfield Sunday. So I feel comfortable, not confident, but comfortable that they're going to have another great game against him. I wrote a column last week about that, considering he had averaged 203.6 yards and 7.1 at carry in previous five games. But their run defense is really good. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's great. They're going to stuff the Browns' running game. Cleveland has a lot of problems up front caused because of injuries, just like the Texans. And Flacco is having to get rid of the ball quick. So I think uh, – it's going to be, it'll all come down to the quarterbacks, Flacco versus Keenum, a 38 going on 39 versus 35. And a quarterback who plays well is going to win because I don't think either one of them will run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, man. The Browns are dynamite against the run, just like the Texans are, like you said. Um, John, one more thing. This is a mailbag question from Sean in Upper Kirby. Um, who is the greater. Texan backup quarterback cult hero. I put up this poll the other day. DJ Yates. Yates, you take Yates over Keenum, huh? Absolutely. He won okay. the division. He won the playoff game. Sure. You know, Keenum won the poll. He Keenum got That's I, I have, all those U of H fans, but I know, I know. I'm just saying you're 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 ra- you're rousing them right now. They, I don't they, know how anybody can make an argument for Case over TJ Yates. Yeah, I think I it's you know how you know what it is, John. It's just Case is more Houston than than oh, TJ yeah. Yates. You know, the cult hero is a very nebulous kind of term. You, you, people will take it and twist it into what their definition of it is. Um, so I think I put up the poll, and I haven't seen the final results, but the three choices I gave were Case Keenum, TJ Yates, Case Keenum, and then the third one was I can't choose one, I love them both. And about 20% of the people said I love them both. I want to say like 30% said K or said TJ, and like 50-something percent said you should Case Keenum. P- P.S. No Cougar fans can love it. I, that's what I should have. I should have had some sort of geo tracking on it to keep all the foods out of there. <laughs>